Get the care that's right for you and your family. There are many other options to manage and maintain your health. Find out what's available in your area. Call HealthLink at 811 to find out more about your health care options or visit albertahealthservices.ca backslash options. This is David Veach and you're listening to Passion for Health. This is your opportunity to hear from Alberta Health Services physicians and other healthcare providers, researchers, policymakers, community partners, and patients. To hear their stories and insights about what's happening to improve Albertans' confidence and satisfaction in their healthcare system. Today's guest is Dr. Eddie Lang, Academic and Clinical Department Head for Emergency Medicine for Alberta Health Services and the Cummings School of Medicine in Calgary. Dr. Lang is also principal investigator of a province-wide research project that aims to improve the appropriateness for CAT scan imaging in the province's emergency departments. In other words, making sure CAT scans are ordered for the people who truly need them. Dr. Lang's work is in partnership with Choosing Wisely Canada, a campaign to help physicians and patients engage in healthy conversations about potentially unnecessary tests, treatments, and procedures and to help physicians and patients make smart and effective choices to ensure high-quality care. Since we're going to be talking about CT scans for quite a while, uh, let's start with what is a CT scan? Sure. So a CT scan, that would stand for computerized tomography. And uh, it's a major advance in radiology or what we call diagnostic imaging. Um, You know, if we go back 50 years, x-rays were pretty simple. You would... Uh, stand in front of a of a plate. Uh, an X-ray beam would go through your body, and it would project a shadow that would uh, create an image on a on a flat uh, kind of a photographic film. But uh, CT scans are much more sophisticated. What they can do is they can take thousands of images and create what is essentially a much more detailed picture of the inside of your body. Like a 3D image? It can be reconstructed as a 3D. But more importantly, uh, a CAT scan is able to differentiate uh, body parts that have different density. So whereas uh, a regular X-ray can show you the difference between uh, water and air and tissue, like uh, gas in the intestines, a CAT scan can give you much more detail and can actually show organs like the liver, uh, the heart, the lung, in the kind of detail that you would never see uh, with a simple x-ray. What are CAT scans really good for? CAT scans will help um, with diagnosis, really. It's when doctors are looking for answers to explain patient symptoms that are not diagnosable with simple measures alone like blood tests or simple x-rays. So we can think of uh, the usefulness of CAT scan depending on the various parts of the body. And I can give you some examples. Yeah, like I'm wondering about what are some common uses where CAT scans are used properly and where they're most effective. Yeah, so um, as an emergency physician, uh, we most commonly get CAT scans uh, after trauma because, uh, for example, it will show us uh, a liver injury from a car accident, uh, if, if someone hurts an organ during a car accident, or if they um, have uh, damage to their lung or their chest uh, as a result of an injury, we can see it in the kind of detail that we wouldn't be able to see ordinarily. Also, for example, uh, something very common, um, appendicitis. Uh, appendicitis, uh, if we go back 30 years, was diagnosed with the hand of a physician. So if the surgeon put his hand on your stomach and felt you had appendicitis, 
you went to the operating room. And that's fine and dandy, except uh, about 20% of the patients who went to the operating room didn't even have appendicitis and didn't need an operation. Now that we're in the era of CAT scans and we can make that diagnosis much more accurately, we know when it's there, we know when it's not there, we have very few patients going to the operating room to get their appendix removed when they don't really even need to have their appendix removed. Alberta Health Services performed over 380,000 CT scans in 2014-2015, which was a kind of a 6% increase over the uh, previous year. Now, I understand your study suggests that maybe not all of those CT scans are absolutely necessary. Can you tell me a bit about your study and what you're trying to achieve? Absolutely. Um, We've identified two areas in emergency care use of CT scans where we believe uh, we have a problem of both overuse and inappropriate use. The two areas involve head injury, uh, so patients who come to our emergency department with a concussion essentially, and the other area is known as pulmonary embolism. That's a blood clot to the lung, and it can cause uh, lung damage and some serious problems with breathing and chest pain. And it's important not to miss that diagnosis because um, it could lead uh, to death even, uh, but it could also lead to long-term complications in terms of um, high Uh, blood high pressures in the lung and difficulty breathing but the reason we think we have a problem is because when we look at uh, our data a number of things uh, emerge first of all uh, in those two areas less than five percent of the patients that we send into the scanner actually have the disease that we're looking for suggesting that as many as 19 out of 20 are done unnecessarily. And now, where does this data come from, by the way? Well, this is the beauty of uh, Alberta Health Services and a single provider for the whole province. We have uh, provincial-wide data looking at um, how often the performance of a CAT scan leads to admission, Um, how often physicians are ordering CAT scans, and that's another problem because we see that some physicians are ordering CAT scans um, on on over 80 to 90% of the patients that they're seeing with head injury, as an example, whereas some are much more, let's say, judicious in their use of CAT scans and are using them more in the range of 15 to 20%. And these are the same patients. So we, we re- there's really no good way to explain that variation. Um, a lot of work in emergency medicine research over the last few years has gone into helping us identify who needs a CAT scan and who doesn't need a CAT scan in these two situations. So are you basically saying that there are a lot of other ways to be able to identify individuals who are at a higher risk of having those two conditions? Absolutely. And then giving CAT scans to only that higher risk and not to the lower risk. Precisely. And those tools include very straightforward things. Um, So, for example, we know that if a patient vomits multiple times after their head injury, they're in a high-risk category. Interestingly, if they don't vomit um, or they vomit only once, we can reliably categorize them as being in a low-risk group. And this has been studied in thousands of patients all over the world. And amazingly, the the risk of uh, head injury, if you're in that low-risk category, is only about 1 in 8,000. Now, it's not perfect, it's not zero, but what we're saying with this project is that the dangers of radiation 
and subjecting uh, patients to unnecessary CAT scans, the, the risks and harms to the patients and the costs uh, really don't make it worthwhile and a much more judicious approach is, is worth it. Are you saying CT scans are dangerous? Let's not forget that CT scans are an extremely valuable and powerful diagnostic tool. Uh, they help us uh, treat stroke patients, they help us uh, diagnose cancer, and in the vast majority of instances, uh, the benefits of CT scans clearly outweigh the risks and harms. Uh, we do have to keep in mind, though, that CT scans work with radiation. Radiation is a known carcinogen or cause of cancer down the road. Of course, it varies depending on the kind of CAT scan that's being ordered, uh, the age of the patient that's receiving the CAT scan. But uh, there is no doubt that um, in some circumstances, when a CAT scan is ordered on questionable grounds, uh, that the dangers down the road of possibly triggering a cancer from that radiation exposure as low as that risk may be, it may actually be higher than the, the benefits of getting the CAT scan in the first place. When you say low, what do you mean? I think the estimates we're hearing from uh, North America, we can attribute tens of thousands of cancers annually. For any one individual, that means uh, you know a very small, maybe one in three, one in 4,000 risk. But that's still uh, a risk none nonetheless, and a risk that you wouldn't want to take if you didn't have to. The grant money for this project is held by Alberta Health Services Emergency Strategic Clinical Network, or SCN, which has the responsibility of putting better CAT scan stewardship into practice. Albertans deserve a high-performing health system, and SCNs are making that a reality by working with a wide group of partners, from patients and their families to healthcare professionals, governments, researchers, academic partners, and community and not-for-profit groups to find solutions to complex healthcare issues. There are currently 12 SCNs, each devoted to a specific area of health. When we return, Dr. Eddie Lang talks about how less can be more when it comes to CAT scans. Uh, a more appropriate and judicious use of emergency CAT scans will create some more space um, in the community and shortened wait times. You have a mobile life? We have mobile answers. Download Alberta Health Services Emergency Wait Times app at ahs.ca backslash mobile. You have a mobile life? We offer mobile protection. Download Alberta Health Services Flu Shot Clinic Locator app at ahs.ca backslash mobile. This is David Veach and you're listening to Passion for Health, produced by Alberta Health Services. Dr. Eddie Lang is the principal investigator in an ongoing study that aims to help health providers be more judicious in their ordering of CAT scans. What percentage of CT scans, according to your study, do you think are unnecessary? Well, we don't know that yet, and that's because we're in the process of collecting the data and looking at it, and that's what uh, one of the goals of the study is, is to have a better measure of inappropriateness. But, you know, if we look at our data showing how there's quite a bit of variation in, in physician practice, uh, we could estimate that probably 20 to 25 percent of scans done for those two reasons, head injury and pulmonary embolism, as many as one out of four could be avoided if uh, the appropriate 
tools and things that we discussed earlier were applied. In your study, I'm wondering how aware are patients about CT scans? There are patient expectations, uh, especially with minor head injury, uh, with 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 head injuries, that they're coming to the emergency department to have their concussion diagnosed and to be reassured that uh, they don't uh, have something bad going on in their brain. And uh, it does take quite a bit on the patient education side to explain that um, we have very powerful and sophisticated tools that don't involve the CAT scan that can help us know who's in a safe and in a low-risk category. I wonder if those patients come back, if they are told that they don't need a CAT scan, how many of those individuals walk away going, is this just about saving money? And it's not, it does save money, but it's not just about that. Tell me about some of the downstream benefits of maybe cutting back on CAT scan use. Well, we have to think uh, primarily and foremost about patient well-being and patient safety. And um, although it's hard to measure and patients may not appreciate this, but the most, the, the more we do to reduce radiation exposure and reduce the long-term risks of developing brain cancer is really should be our ultimate priority. Uh, at the same time, we know that uh, we work in a limited uh, healthcare resource system and uh, the waiting lists are getting quite extensive already for patients in the community waiting for CAT scans to um, diagnose cancers, to follow up uh, surgery treatments, and it's all one system. So uh, a more appropriate and judicious use of emergency CAT scans will create some more space um, in the community and shorten wait times. It's really about uh, prioritizing CAT scan use for those who need it, need it most appropriately. Now, I mean, you know, there is an element of reassurance that comes sometimes with a CAT scan use and, and, and patients might leave the emergency department saying, well, I had my CAT scan, everything's normal, I can sleep and rest comfortably tonight, but I think we need to address that with this study and, and explain to patients that, that, that at the cost of that reassurance is the, is the downstream long-term use or danger of, of the radiation exposure. Earlier in this conversation, you talked about variants. What part of this study tries to uh, eliminate that variant? Well, that's a fascinating thing. You know, when we talk to physicians about this project, we, we get them in a room and we point out the data and the variants, and we ask them, who in this room believes that overuse of CAT scans is a problem in the emergency department? And invariably, almost everybody raises their hand. Then we ask a second question. We say, thinking about your own practice, in your own ordering of CAT scans, do you think that you yourself are a contributor to the problem of CAT scan overuse? And amazingly, hardly any hands go up. So there's a disconnect between perception and reality in the use of CAT scans. And how do you get over that? Well, one of the key uh, parts of our intervention is to do something, has a bit of a technical term, it's called audit and feedback which is we use the data that we're now collecting, which has never been collected before, and feeding that back to physicians and showing them how their CT scan use compares to that of their colleagues. And hopefully, as a result, we will see that uh, those who are on the outskirts, or the outliers, we call them, who are using CT scans at a very high rate will, will kind of raise their eyebrows and say, wow, I didn't realize I was ordering that many CAT scans. And, and that will hopefully encourage them 
to uh, pay more attention to the guidelines and be more appropriate in their decision making. And also, you know, it'll, it'll be a, a change in, in practice, whereas, you know, after you evaluated the 18-year-old who got hit on the soccer pitch and, and lost consciousness briefly, instead of, you know what, we're, I'm worried about you, we're going to get a CAT scan, We'll, we'll, I think it'll be normal, but we'll, it'll be okay, and we'll be able to send you home. The physician will take a more restrained, um, cautious view of use of the CAT scan with the patient and their family and say that, look, um, I have powerful tools at my disposal that tell me that the chances of you having something that requires surgery is almost a nil or one in 8,000. And I believe that in your particular case, the risks of getting that CAT scan exceed the benefits of uh, identifying that very, very rare situation. What happens to that one in one eight thousand? Usually, we'll be able to detect that case eventually over time, um, and uh, the patient will declare themselves, as the term we use in medicine, either by worsening headache or worsening neurological status, uh, and we um, emphasize always those points that uh, would lead a patient to have to come back to the emergency department. We, we always emphasize that um, certain things can change over time and that uh, although a patient may be feeling stable or better when we see them, we can't predict the future necessarily. And I'm, I mean, it's exceptionally rare. Yeah, but and that person could still come back and then get a CT scan if all of a sudden it seems like the risk factors are going up. Absolutely. And and that kind of watch and wait approach uh, is uh, usually something that's very helpful and something that we use with, uh, with patients in this situation. Is your study going to expand to look at other reasons that CT scans are ordered? Uh, no, it won't because uh, what we've received funding for and honestly what we have our hands full with right now are just those two conditions. But uh, I think you raise a great possibility in that there are certainly other areas where uh, CAT scan use is um, probably uh, exaggerated. Um, one of the ones that we are working on now on a separate project is CAT scan use for kidney stones. Um, we are uh, one of the highest users of CAT scans um, in the province and maybe even in the country for kidney stones. And it's sort of a, an embedded practice that we've seen here in Calgary over the years where patients come in with an attack of uh, kidney stone pain and seem to get all, sometimes get a CAT scan with every visit. Um, if you are a patient who has a small, is a small stone former and these stones pass on their own as most small stones do, there really isn't a reason to require a CAT scan every time. Can Albertans be confident that if less CT scans are ordered in the province, that they're still getting the same standard of high-quality, safe care? Well, you know, the way I see it is that if we improve the appropriateness and we restrict CT scan use to those indications or to those situations where it's really warranted, not only are they receiving uh, the same care, they're receiving better care. And by that, it's less down the road radiation exposure and cancer risk. Plus, um, if you've got a relative who is on a waiting list for a CAT scan uh, because they're losing weight and their family physician is worried about cancer, if we're uh, using our emergency radiology CT scan slots more judiciously, they're gonna have a much shorter wait. 
So I think all in all, it's a win, it's a win-win situation. This is David Veach, and you've been listening to Passion for Health, produced by Alberta Health Services. You can follow us at ahs.ca backslash podcasts to add your comments. We would love to hear from you.